Mara 20.28 points deficit, that's their biggest loss. That doesn't make sense to me. We've had so many great teams, and this is the best that we could have done in just the history of, of the competition between the, Chuck, the two sides. It's not the best win South Africa have ever had against New Zealand. It's anybody. So it's not it's not it's not, it's not even us. Yeah, it's not the biggest test victory between the Springbok by the Springboks over the All Blacks. It's, the biggest loss it's their the biggest Blacks. loss in history. In his the history of the All Blacks in the hundred years they've been playing Test rugby, they'd never been beaten by more than seventeen points before. I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Up Front podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. As we draw closer to the end of yet another month, it is to a front coming to you with this week's roundup of the weekend's sports. My name is Jay, and I am joined by Chuck. Chuck, how are you doing? Well, thanks. Three, three goals in three, three goals in, on the African continent. Three goals in the EPL. Eighty points on my FPL. A win against uh, All Blacks. I ain't hiding nothing this week, boy. Boys, what am I doing, food? How Boys. are you doing, food? Hey, great. <laughs> hey, all right. Um, that is Chuck, who is good. And one of the things that you mentioned is uh, the Springboks, who ran out 35 7 winners against the All Blacks, handing the vaunted New Zealanders their biggest ever test loss. Chuck, after that performance, uh, can we look at that and say that the Springboks who are going into this World Cup as defending champions are the favourites to repeat as champions at the upcoming World Tournament in France? Um, look, you, you would want to, upon fair analysis, say with the Springboks were good, but the All Blacks were bad. Um, and you take that into, into consideration. But... I do believe that half of the problems that the uh, New Zealanders had were caused by South Africa because in the first, what, 15, 20 minutes, we were playing in the age of 22. And if you do that, you're going to force um, penalties and errors from the, oppos- uh, the opposition. So as much as yeah, they could say they weren't particularly good, yeah, you also want to lament the fact that while we're in, those, uh, while we're in that particular position for that long, we didn't score uh, too many tries. So clearly that's a cause, that's something to be... <clears throat> mindful of but just general performance i think we were superb um and the fact that we made that uh substitution with seven players com- coming off and we still make maintained pressure still maintained momentum i think that was good um so favorites because i i i, I wasn't wasn't the strongest believer of ninaba and then performances bring me over and then the setback against new zealand and then so as we we look good. If we let me put it this way, if we go into the World Cup playing like that, then we're winning it. But can we maintain that? I don't, that is my concern. I don't want to nangas, Chuck. I need you to put your head on the chopping block. On the chopping block, do you have the green and gold as the favorites, or are you taking somebody else? I mean, you probably take the field. The field always has a better chance than winning of winning than 
it doesn't matter who just the one team but when you're comparing like those teams based on what you saw like i don't know if you want to be a prisoner of the moment if it would be you being a prisoner of the moment or your assessment against a new zealand team that did do the business against us not so long ago do these springboks have a look of you know what they bring back the cup again okay if i have to um i'll say yes um based on the warm-up games that other other teams have played france ran away and they trounced in australia but australia haven't been great anyway so i don't think that is as big an achievement as south africa handing the all blacks their biggest de- defeat i still can't believe this is their biggest defeat is this their biggest defeat it, tell, it doesn't it, make it, sense. It tells you everything me. you need to know about the New Zealand All Blacks over over the years. Yeah, I mean, I wonder had we beaten them. I wonder had they not scored that try and it's thirty five nil. Okay, I'm I'm on board with that. But a twenty point twenty eight Yana points deficit. That's their biggest loss. That doesn't make sense to me. We've had so many great teams, and this is the best that we could have done in just the history of of the competition between the, Chuck, the two sides. It's not the best win South Africa have ever had against New Zealand. It's anybody, so it's not it's not it's not, it's not even us. Yeah, it's not the biggest test victory between the Springbok by the Springboks over the All Blacks. It's the biggest loss, it's the the biggest loss in history in his, the history of the All Blacks in the hundred years they've been playing Test rugby. They'd never been beaten by more than seventeen points before. Okay, <laughs> maybe it reaffirms my position because Abu Abu Scott Barrett when he's charging into uh, Malcolm Moss with the, with his forearm. That's frustration. It's like we can't get anything legally in this game, so let's try some dirty tactics. And if, if they're resorting to that, it's stupid, obviously, costing Timiako, but if they're resorting to that, that means they're, fl- they're frustrated, they're flustered. Abbas Benzin. And so that's a good sign. And as, we, as we're saying, if this is their biggest defeat ever, that means even in friendlies or Mawamap, they just don't play. And as CS Segutai is going to give it his all. What says, if it's Olimala, it's Olimala. It's fine because that means he wasn't supposed to go to the World Cup. Mar is not going to hold back on the account of I just came back from injury. So that was great. Um, and it showed on the park in terms of everyone's commitment. And to give you a final answer, I think then, based on everyone's performances from the uh, warm-ups leading up to the eve of the World Cup, I think this is the best display. And if we look at this particular performance, they are damn sure favorites. So beginning with the, the New Zealand All Blacks, which are our greatest rivals in, 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 in the world of rugby. And this rivalry is the greatest one in test, in test rugby. And there's mutual respect from both sides, from, from, from the players and from the fans, the New Zealand fans especially, because they know the position they've held in, 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 in test match history, like in the history of test matches, that they are very much the number one team in, 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 in that sport. And that is their sport. And there's no team they respect more than the Springboks, you know. And that's 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 always that's always great to see when you see those reactions, and you saw reactions from New Zealand fans that they were frustrated with the performance. But if it was ever going to happen against anyone, it was going to happen to the Springboks, and that's who they'd have be the team who's given them the biggest loss in their history. But it's so interesting listening to Ian Foster, the New Zealand coach, after the match or at the press conference. And he couldn't help himself but like take some digs at the Springboks. And I was listening to him shaking my head like, man, you're being a sore loser right now because you got smashed all over the park. 
the reason you had the two yellow cards at the beginning of that first half and the reason eventually you have Barrett sent off for the red card and the second um, yellow in that game is because the Springboks were giving you as much as you can handle and more. But what he decides to go to, he decides to go to the fact that at the lineouts, the Springboks were coming across illegally. Um, and then when he when he's asked about the red card, he says that he was going for the man on the left, but then Marks got in there and then he hit Marks. You need to own that. That was that was a cheap shot. He went for Marks on the floor with 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 his shoulder, you know, and he was looking to lay him out, and rightfully so. He got a second yellow card and a red card. So. That left a, a, a better taste in terms of uh, the the All Blacks coach couldn't just acknowledge just how good the Springboks were on the night. But you know what? No matter. Uh, because at the end of the day, that was a scintillating performance. There's still issues in terms of those 22 entries and not converting, um, going over the whitewash and scoring those tries. Because as much as New Zealand were under pressure, we weren't making it count on the scoreboard and until they got the yellow cards. And where we did score our tries was from our mall, you know. And it was so interesting for me that in with the three tries we scored off of the mall, it was in three different ways. One of the things we've lamented over 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 the past few seasons is the fact that the Springboks game is one dimensional, it's the kicking, but even when it comes to like your malls, you know what's gonna happen. They're gonna kick for for the five meter line, they're gonna throw it into in gonna throw it in in in, 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 in into the pack and they're gonna try rumble it over the line with the hooker scoring the try, which is why Marco Marx now has the record um of, of, of tries for a forward. But they had one like that. Then they had one where the last one with um Quaka Smith where he does he he doesn't even go in there. They they threw it to him and the New Zealand defense is all swamped around the mall, trying to stop the mall, and then he goes straight through into a gap. Then the other one, you have you have Malcolm Marks throwing into the lineout, and he doesn't even join the mall as well. Sia recognizes, and Sia's brilliant on the wings. My goodness gracious, as a flanker, like his support play for well, it was it was it was another forward in this case, but with anyone who's on the wing, you kind of if it's not Vili Larue, you kind of want to have it in Sia's hands because. He's out there giving those try assists. And what he does, Sia recognizes that Marks has seen a gap in, in, in the defense, and which is why he's not joined the mall. And Sia comes out of the mall and he gives the assist to Marks. So three different ways. And that was impressive to mm. see that even in something which you might think to yourself, man, we can't be more innovative with this than what it already is but you are seeing that you and we've seen the the evolution of the springbok game and we've seen the teething problems as well you know in trying to get to get to a more expansive game you have villaleru coming as a first receiver um and and and, and when you you had villaleru not playing in that particular match and libok was taking over um those duties but still you have Willemser also he can do that but also you have estezen was playing and there's there's a couple of things which for me I I'm 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 settled on now. Uh, Kenan Moody has to play in the Springboks jersey, uh, maybe not at center. Although he was he was he was exceptional at center, mm. and he almost scored an amazing try, which was called back. Try but like it, w- it really would have been, you know. Uh, he has to be on 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 the park. And Esther Eisen, like I've I've 
Maybe enjoyed is not the right word. Maybe let's say enjoyed, yes. I've I've enjoyed Delender in the number mm. 12. I've appreciated what he's brought, his physicality and like him bashing into the line. But Este isn't has a little extra in his game. And you have him, and if you're going to have Grill in that number 13, which I think is what's going to happen, then that's a more balanced midfield for me than Delender and Grill together. So that was good. That was a good performance to see off of him. And overall, like the scrums, we still were dominating. Um, Libok kicked better in this particular match. And we were on it from minute one. One of the things we heard the coach, and because everybody pointed this out and were, were flummoxed about it, that why is it that we started the way we did against New Zealand in New Zealand? Mm. And one of the things that was on point from the first blow of the whistle was we're not going to allow them to do that against us again. So if we if we show that kind of intensity and if we are dominant in, in the tight phases and in the set pieces, then it's hard to see who can stop us. And I'm, I'm, I'm also going to say, yeah, I, before I hand it back over to you, there's a competition that an, an online store is running that if you buy a television set and the Springboks go on to win the World Cup, they refund you. Uh, the the entirety of the price that you paid. It's, it's a special they ran in 2019 and people got TVs for free, basically. And I was looking at that and thinking, man, how 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 confident do I feel about the Springboks? Confident enough to go spend tens of thousands on a TV with the expectation that it's going to come back into my pocket? I'm starting now, to think, man. What good is your word if you don't want to put money on I'm it? St- I'm, I'm starting to think, it. man. I'm what starting man? to think. Tell the TV. You know what? I think as much as the old blacks will be worried about their performances, um, what what happened on on, on the on the night is that certain Springbok players reassured us that they are they the, they've made the grade, they've made the cut, and they're good enough to wear the green and gold. Like Manny Lewis pulled out his kicking, if I'm not mistaken, it was 100% from the kicking tee. Where as we speak, uh, uh, as you speak of him now, he was someone that when he was included, was like oh, I'm not really. Con- in, um, Convinced by Esther, and yeah, but I don't know if he should be on the plane going to France. And that performance said to me, Gutina, he's good. We saw in the previous week, Jesse Creel was, was doing good as well. So for me, I was like, okay, those two players proved what, okay, they, they can be outstanding. And then there's a player like Kenan Moody who's, who's uh, tried out at center for the first time. He's shone there as well. So the thing is, if, 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 we are, if we're looking at the fact that the players that we weren't convinced by, coming into the warm-ups, and they're performing. I mean, it's also like a few players for them to actually get proper form. But I mean, someone like Sia, coming off of an injury as well, played his minutes against Wales, played well. And this particular game, did you see that he got absolutely smashed before he, he, he scored his try? By two players, one at the feet, one at the body. He picks himself up to go carry through a couple of bodies as well. So as someone who's ready, because I'd be concerned with be like I'll come as like the second phase or second pass or whatever. But he gets right back up, gets to, gets to carry the ball, bashes through and he scores his try. So I think, if anything, man, this gave us a lot of confidence. Um... Quickly, would you agree with with um, the awarding of Willemsa as man of the match? I, I would have given it to like uh, Peter Staff, Esther Hazen, but I was like, maybe I'm not really understanding the role of the fullback that well because he did what he, was, what he was supposed to do, but in terms of like overall impact, I didn't see him that much unless I wasn't watching correctly. Man, I think a lot of the Springboks had a good game, and it was 
maybe hard to distinguish amongst the forwards because they had the best game. They our forwards always set up our wins. Uh especially when we win comfortably, it's mostly you will look back on that match and say that our forwards were dominant, you know. And I think as a pack they were dominant and maybe the struggles to pick out one guy over the others to to award that man of the match. You look at the bags that Willemsa did have um a very good game, you know. So yeah, uh, not overwhelmingly so that, yeah, man, in terms of all those great performances, the one that stood head and shoulders above everybody else was Willemsa. Um, but maybe as well with the consideration of Villaru dropping out of the side before before that match where you knew it was just him. And he played well enough, you know, mm. to, 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 to have garnered the man of the match. But I wouldn't have had an issue with it going to any of the forwards um, or in, in most of the players on that on that night because they all played well. Mm. As a team, we all played well. Would you have this as a starting 15 going to the first game of the World Cup or would you make tweaks? No, Villaloo needs to come back into the team. Uh, first of all, Villaloo needs to come back into the team. I have Kobe as my, my left wing. Um, I also, because Faf started at nine, Mm. I I also start either with Aranza. Williams probably hasn't gotten enough of a run. He's he's my favorite of the scrum halves that we have, but I probably go with um, yeah. Aranza. Uh, not is it Aranza? No man, it's not Aranza. Aranza is the wing. Oh, well, so just now I'll remember. But here's the question though: Like when it's horses for courses, like when we do play an island, do you still stick to your guns and say uh, you want to play? Uh, uh, either O <coughs> Williams or O Hendrickser. That's what the name we're looking for. Yes, Hendrickser. Or do you go for Faf? Because obviously it's more physical, more tactical. They, they probably won't allow us to play as expensive as maybe as Scotland would because Scotland's have got some flies and they would want to play Abo Van Dwayne van der Merwe. Oh, no? Is it? I just saw his name. Nobody last. But yeah. Do you do you go with Faf in, the, in that bigger more crucial match or do you stick to your guns and try no I don't um, I think I think the way that the Springbok team is set up now and and of course um, you know against an island if it is tight we're probably going to go to the boot a lot more we're going to go back to those up and unders but I don't think that's something we'll do from the beginning unless we do the whole switcheroo like we did in the final against England where there's anticipation that maybe we're going to keep ball in hand more as we have and then we spring that on them because we have it in our back pocket. But starting Faf would be very obvious that mm. that's the direction that we're going into. But and even even with Faf, like I've I've not been really impressed with his form. Like he's he's performed better recently than he has for maybe the past uh, half a year a year. But even those up and unders, they're not they're not great. They're not mm. as effective as they were four years ago. You know so. So I, I wouldn't. think it's because he's playing with a different back line. Because I know Bachi Mabong can they understand certain things. But I mean, because it's not uh, Magazole, Cheslin, and maybe, oh, am I forgetting a name, who are chasing those up and unders. And it's now an Aransa, a Moody, uh, a Willemsa. Do you think that plays differently? Because not too many of them really had a chance to go collect that ball afterwards. It was really just giving the ball away. Do you think that's the issue with him climbing? There's different pe- people behind him. Or it's just his performance and the, those kicks themselves could have been better? The kicks are not great. Um, for me, the kicks are not great. They're not high and deep enough. Um, they either... They don't go um, a, a fair enough distance or the accuracy is, is, is missing. But 
that does factor into it in terms of the chasers because previously they were really tuned into this is what we're going to do every single time we've got the ball so they are on they're not on their heels they're ready to to chase those balls you know but i mean in someone like uh a, a kanan moody he's great in the air uh and you know he's great in the air because you see lebok so many times look for him with that cross kick uh for him to go over his 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 man on the opposite wing. So theoretically, you'd think that if there is someone who can exploit those, it is a Kane and Moody who wasn't there, obviously, um back in in the day. So partly maybe the the the, the personnel, but mostly um I think yeah, they're just not as 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 effective. He's not he's not playing at the level that he was uh four years ago. Lastly, um, from my end, one more question. Do you foresee Uninaba making wholesale changes like we saw against in New Zealand? Because, yes, it was a warm-up and there's nothing to prove. We've got the points on the board and you want to give players a run. Do you, do, you, do you see us making those wholesale changes like seven at a time because they maintain the level? Or do you think that's not going to happen all the time during like a tournament? We're going to have the bomb squad, obviously. Mm. Um, so we'll we'll have a lot of our players come onto the field. And in any given match, you'll see a majority of the bench. But I think, I think if it's tight uh, and it's a matter of you need to go with these guys because the level of the test match is just on another level and someone coming in off of the bench might disturb what is happening then maybe no. But I, I, I do think the Rasi and Ninaba combination is one where one of the tactics is give everything that you have because there are guys behind you who can come in. And the thing about the bomb squad, for them to even be named that, is because the bench, they look at it not as, man, if if, if the worst happens, we, we, we will bring on someone. They look at it as, the people on the bench are good enough to start this depth. So it's a matter of having basically two squads uh, being too deep in those specific positions. So you will see the bench being utilized the way that we saw it being utilized um, in the 2019 World Cup, but maybe not seven at a time. Um, I think with that one, one, it's still a build up to the to, to the World Cup. And he's been very, very, very upfront about the fact that he wants to give guys a run and he wants all of them to get close to as 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 the same preparation as each other so i think that was also the reason behind that all right jay let's move on quickly to whether you think or not speaking about change this would signal a change in the trend of the epl currently i know it's early gates it's only three game weeks in but chelsea won three nil against luton tottenham won two nil but Arsenal dropped points against Fulham. United had to come back from two goals down. Uh, Man City won 2-1 away to Sheffield, but not their best performance. And lastly, Liverpool coming from behind against what was supposed to be a very spirited and dangerous Newcastle side who haven't picked up points against City nor Liverpool. So here's the thing, Jay. With the traditional front runners, which would be City, and maybe in the past couple of years you want to add Liverpool, City didn't look too convincing this season. Um, the Chasers, which is Arsenal, have dropped points now as well, and they're figuring things out with their squad because obviously Kamba Boshak and they've introduced new players. United is still not convincing, but they won. Chelsea, who've been in a myriad of problems, didn't start the, the season convincingly because they drew against Liverpool, lost to West Ham, and now they're three goals up. And it seems like they've found something with Raheem Sterling, Caicedo starting with Enzo. 
And I think maybe Man City is missing something with the loss of Kevin De Bruyne. Um, Haaland's not getting on the ball as much because the team plays a little bit differently. So my question is, at this early juncture, at this early point in the season, does it say to us that this league is going to be open or do we look at the perennial favourites, which is Man City and maybe Arsenal or Liverpool to be in the top three or contending for the title? We'll know for sure at the turn of the year uh, because that's when City put their foot on everybody's necks. Like in those last 15 games and when they go 12, 13, 14 wins. And then you thought what you thought at the mm. beginning. And then you realize, oh, okay, no, it's it's still very much the same order. So obviously we'll get that that that, that picture then. But in terms of right now, um, what, what I'm seeing, <laughs> City are on top of the league mm. with nine points. In the match that they struggled in, they they won. You know, they, they went away to Sheffield. Sheffield scored a they missed a penalty. Uh and then Sheffield equalized in the eighty fifth minute. And barely two, three minutes later, Manchester City are scoring the winner, you know. And it feels like other than the fact that um you anticipate that they'll come on strong when when uh, Kevin De Bruyne does return and when they get more comfortable playing with uh one another again. There's the fact that the mentality monsters, like them winning against Sheffield, as much as you think that, well, maybe that's a bit that's a bit fortunate, you know. There's the fact that we've seen it against against Aston Villa. Um, we've seen it um against other teams as well, where they just know how to win. Those are the teams that you mentioned. What do I know about Arsenal at this point? That Mikel Arteta is. Mikel Arteta is tinkering a lot with his with his tactics. The way that the Arsenal team is set up is not like it, it 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 was set up last last season. There's players that is introduced. There's players who is cut out from the team, so they're figuring things out. Chelsea are figuring things out with a new coach, um, and perhaps who should be playing because they've got a lot of players on on, on their books, a lot of new players. There's a Mudrik who they signed for a lot of money but hasn't impressed thus far and he's he's coming off of the bench and you wonder, is he a squad player? Like, mm. did you spend all that money for him to be a squad player? Did you hijack uh, like that, that transfer from Arsenal just so that he, you can stick him onto your bench? Or are you expecting more from him? You know, and that's something that they're going to need to decide. They still are in need of a striker. At some point, they're going to be playing somebody else in that number, in that number nine. Also, you think... Uh, what happens if Jackson continues to to score on a regular basis? He scored his first goal over the weekend. And Nkunku, who all of us were looking at as maybe this is the answer to their problems in front of goal, he's out until late in the year or early in the new year. And he's going to come back and he's then going to be playing and he's maybe playing on that left wing. What do you do with Chowell, who's occupying those spaces, you know, and doing so successfully? Mm. And there's the matter of Reese James is is he ever going to get healthy? He's so he's going to be in and out of that team for the foreseeable future until his body decides it wants to be a professional football player. You know, so they're figuring things out. Manchester United one three two as you mentioned, but they went two 0 down in that match, having been two 0 down and never having recovered against Spurs in the previous in the previous week. You know, Mason Mount signed for a lot of money, was playing, is he's out injured and. Suddenly, there's the talk that maybe Manchester United look more balanced and look better going forward without Mason Mount in the team. What happens when he he comes back? You know, mm. so Shaw is out. 
for 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 a while we saw Dalo playing as as the left back. Uh, Maguire doesn't want to leave that team still. What is what is what's the story um, with him? Um, and I I think I saw I saw a story that United might want to be might want to flip exchange exchange players McTominay and Timber. Not mm. Timber. Timber is the, is the awesome player and Granberg. Granberg, yes, at at Bayern Munich. So that might happen, which is alerts you to the fact that again, still rather, Manchester United are in the market for a DM. You know, Amrabat Fabrizio says he's waiting. He's been waiting since end of June to hear from it's Manchester from United. <laughs> and if Manchester United have put you on hold, like are they ever gonna come back? You know, and then Liverpool, Liverpool don't have a DM. Like Endo, Endo's not that guy. Uh, I, I know this is limited sample piece, but he's a 30-year-old they bought for 16 million. There's perhaps a reason why he was bought for that price and at that age. And that's not that's who they settled on. Um, they 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 were looking for Lavia, and then they switched their attention to the shinier sports car, which was Caicedo, and Caicedo told them like, I'm, I don't want to come there. And then suddenly late bid for Lavia where they were messing around with the price. They came in about 60 million and Lavia as well is going with Caicedo to, to Chelsea. And now again with the winner, the equalizer and the winner being scored by Darwin Nunes, that's the thing coming into this season, which I was looking at with Liverpool in terms of their front line. Hmm. Before you knew, it was the firm of uh, Mane, Firmino and Salah, you know, Whatever backups they got were backups. Divock Origi was never going to break into that front three. But now, Salah's still there and he seems immovable. Other than the fact that he's Salah, there's, there's no natural uh, person behind him who can play that position. But then Diaz is playing, you think, on, in, on, on, on that left wing. And then in the middle, is it Jota? Is it Gakpo? Is it Nunes? Nunes bought for a lot of money, scored a brace now. Is he now going to start playing? Last week, Jota did score, mm. you know. So there's questions there. There's questions everywhere, but I think that the people with the least amount of questions at the moment is still Manchester City. So do I think it's... I, I do think it's a little more open than previously, but it's hard for me to look past Manchester City already still. Maybe also because Pip wasn't available on the touchline. Maybe that's a factor um, in terms of maybe him being the mouthpiece to, to render out tactics and not just remember them from a training and then the assistant is helping you through it. Maybe that's the thing that... Um, cause them not to be so convincing, but I mean, as you li- as you go through all those teams, all those teams are figuring things out. Um, if you ask Eric Ten Hag, and you're like, "Hey, Casemiro was exposed. No one dribbled more than dribbled past more than Casemiro and Bruno," and he's like, "No, the issue is not the midfield. It's the forwards and the defense." And you guys, because of how we we, we look when those guys are running at us, you assume it's the midfield. That's not the issue. Those two lines are not doing their job. And when you look at e- e- Liverpool, as you mentioned. A whole lot of moving pieces. If they play a Gakpo and they go for more firepower, Agnamont in, in that uh, DM position. And you saw with the mistakes that they made against Newcastle, they also profited off of, off of mistakes to get uh, Gakpo, uh, Gakpo. Nunez scoring the win, the equalizer and the winner. But now up a move. But they're figuring things out with McAllister, Sposlai, um, Endo as well. That's that's a new that's a new team. Arsenal also figuring things out as well. And you wonder to yourself, Oguti, had they gotten? Um, Caicedo or some other some of the other signings in January would have, would they have tinkered as much or would they have, or would those players have been onto a moving system and just joined up like plug and play or would they be doing this for most of the season uh, sorry for most of the part that was left this season the latter part of the season because everyone is trying to figure out what to do with these new pieces 
as you say, I mean, the Man City are the ones who are settled. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Who's the guy who came from Chelsea to City? Uh, Kovacic. Kovacic. Still not like a Kevin De Bruyne replacement. That's obvious. But I think as time goes, he'll, he'll, he'll fit in. And Bernard Foden, who can deputize, who I think played very well in his former game, um, deep deeper rather than playing out on the wings. I don't think they need a Mares that much because he was in and out of the team. So, as you're saying, they are more settled. A team that's more settled, as, as, I think, as well, but not getting the results, it's Newcastle. Newcastle, same old team. Like, Almiron, Obo Javi Panza, I'm stupid at all. He's playing very well, almost scored a world year of a goal, Sepushai Pala. But they're just not getting the results. And I think maybe it's to do with the idea of when to play Wilson or Isak. Do you want to have them both maybe on the pitch? Because that, that worked for them sometimes. I think from January onwards, that's when they started to pair, uh, to pair the two up. And it worked very well. So... There are lots of questions and people are figuring things out. Um, and so for me, I think it does mean it's a bit open because there was that vaunted um, duo of Enzo and Caicedo. It hasn't quite sparked as yet. And I'm interested to see what they, how will they play because well, Enzo, particularly in this uh, version of Chelsea, is a guy who's doing everything because no one is helping him. But Caicedo is a similar midfielder. He wants to do everything. So will he revert and say, okay, okay, I'll do more of a six role, and then you can be the box-to-box Enzo. You can do the late runs or your quarter and nine. That'll be interesting to see how they work that out. But if they do work that out, they'll be very dangerous. So I think I think it's open, man, because lots of teams are figuring things out. As much as, yes, City is still consistent, the lack of goals, lack of goals three and three by Haaland, um, and guys, for me, like the fact that last game, Goro Julian Alvarez, and yes, they were playing Newcastle, which is a tough side, and Haaland didn't get a sniff at all. This, this didn't happen to Haaland early in the season. It was in the latter games where people somewhat had a plan for him. But if they're already failing amongst themselves now, I don't know, man. I think they'll, they'll have to rely on that post-Christmas run. Maragomanja, I'm, I'm a bit worried. If it is open, Chuck, then who is best placed to take advantage? If it's And open. Why? Man, I don't know who's best placed right now. You, you'd want to say Arsenal because I think they've got what United next. But after United, I think they've got a run of fixtures that they can win, and they 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 look like they've got the most weapons. And if 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 you have a full experiment, they can go they can revert to something that is stable that they know of. Whereas Liverpool, Abana Plan B is not working. They have to grind it out. United, I still think and Ten Hag is changing systems and he's not going to re- re- revert back to what he was doing last season. I mean, when Mason Mount is fit, he probably usurps Ericsson and they go with more pressing, more transitions rather than controlling the game. So I'd, I'd go back to Arsenal, right? And I don't know who my, who my third team would be because I liked watching Newcastle, but they've come unstuck. I'm not going to pick uh, Aston Villa because I, I don't know, man. You know what? They've got power. They've got like good signings. But I don't think they're ready to make the jump yet. If they do, it'll be just like Arsenal, where everyone's not expecting it. So Arsenal is my best bet, um, realistically, in terms of someone's going to take their space. Brighton look good, but they got hammered as well. So it'll be like last season, I think. But maybe now that gap will count. So with Arsenal, right, well, you mentioned the fact, which I also touched on in terms of the... The manipulation of the tactics uh, or the evolution of it, the different directions that Arteta is going in. And what you said is, if you have a Shula experiment, mm. they can go back. If you have a Shula, though, mm. there would be a gap between City and them. Because what would be that they, they continue to drop points, you know, and don't, aren't consistent in racking up the points to keep up with a Manchester City to keep at the top of the log. So, 
then if not them who which is why i'm when i'm looking at it i do see city as mm. being less powerful than, than they've been but then i'm looking at everybody else and also listening to what you're saying and also what what i was putting across is there's no one who's exceptional mm. amongst the pack who would challenge manchester city so is it really open in that sense you know what here's the thing though now because the manchester city thing has been working so well but i i think city have two uh let's say even three vital cogs in terms of individual personnel and i will list them as Haaland, kevin de bruyne and rodri i believe if you take if any time if you take they don't have kevin de bruyne out uh now if you, they would lose one of those players for a stretch of three games, I don't see them collecting nine points against anyone because I feel those guys are that key. Yes, they play good football and they do figure things out and you just say their mentality wants us, to which I agree. But this version that I've seen in, like in the, in the early phase of the season, I think if they lose those pieces, they're, 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 they're going to get hurt more than if maybe um, Newcastle loses a Bruno and an Isak. I feel Newcastle can make a plan than if maybe United lose... A Casemiro and uh, Chuck, you you feel as if if Newcastle lose Bruno, they can make a they, plan that keeps them close to who they are. Because I saw them play without him for a long time, and I was like, okay, they still look good. Yes, they'll be better with him and get a team in. But I mean, the fact that they've got Utunali now for me, the fact that they 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 are they are more. There's more variety and there's more creativity rather than just playing the way that they did when they had those particular pieces. So, I'm not That's why I'm into. Two seasons ago, I don't think my, my argument would, would have held water, especially because Haaland behind but I think there were more pieces. I think Bernardo Silva was more integral. They would have had a Gundo one as well. I believe Uguti, Gabriel Jesus, when he did come off the bench or deputize, he played well. Whereas now, I think it's Haaland or Bas. As good as Alvarez is, I really think he's, he's really the understudy. And it's almost like he's in Haaland's shadow. And there are not too many times when he is going to shine because Bafurunga or Haaland all the time. That's why I can tell you, if they lose those three pieces then I don't know if they can maintain their run. See, there's something that still needs to happen to Manchester City in order for them to full-on bring them to the pack. Then if they lose those pieces, and mm. Haaland has previously struggled with injuries, but one of the reasons we heard why he chose Manchester City over all the other suitors was in his conversations with Pep, they had a plan in terms of how to keep him fit. But also then Pep said he's 22, mm. so he's going to play. And he didn't have those issues last season, you know. We'll see after a season of uh, a full season in the Prem and being back again, what he looks like this season because they do look like they they ride him until the wheels fall off. But at the same time, it's it's working. So maybe there are things happening medically behind the scenes which enables him to be able to play at that level. My thing with Manchester City is they don't look at the fluid best where they are going to put five six past teams um, on. Game of the game of the game, but I'm struggling to see where the team, where the other teams are getting goals against them. Uh, because yes, Sheffield did score against them. I believe that's the first goal that they've conceded. You know, and you saw even in the game against Newcastle, when Newcastle came on strongly in the last 15 minutes of that game, they they couldn't get a goal. Mm. And for the most part, we know that the reason Manchester City don't concede is because they keep so much of the possession. So. Even as things change, where their most dynamic players or their game winners like Kevin De Bruyne are missing, and that very clearly makes them a a, a lesser team. Mm. The the DNA 
of the team remains. They are going to keep the ball. They might not be as incisive with it, mm. but they're going to keep the ball and you're not going to have much of it, you know. And defensively, they have become stronger because of the fact that they play centre-backs as full-backs now. And even when they are, their shape without the ball is, is still one of the best. They press very well and they stay in a, in a compact style like when, when they don't have the ball and usually that's not for too long. So it... it I struggle to see how how these teams in the EPL, not just like the big teams that might be contenders that we're talking about, um, how they're going to get points off of Manchester City. You know, like, yes, City might not be beating them 5-0, but we might see a lot more 1-0s and 2-0s. Uh, mm. And that nil against them being the important factor for me. Whereas the other teams, you mentioned Arsenal. You, you, you mentioned the run of games that they have where they should win. They should have won against Southampton last season. They mm. should have won when they went 2-0 up against West Ham. They should have, maybe, could have won against Liverpool being 2-0 up, but they didn't. And this season, again, in the first minutes, they're conceding a goal to Fulham. And mm. then they concede an equaliser to a Fulham that's down to 10 men. And yes, we saw on the weekend that it's hard to play against 10 men because Liverpool with 10 men also came back. You know, mm. That's Liverpool and that's Fulham who don't even have a Mitrovic. So... With Arsenal being the the team that you are looking at, perhaps to to capitalize on Manchester City dropping a level, with me mentioning the fact that there's a lot happening there, and you know what, like results tend to skew our analysis of 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 of, of performances and games, because mm. in that game against Fulham, for example, Saka missed Saka missed a sitter um, straight in front of goal, should have just headed that into the back of the net. Also, he gave the assist basically to Fulham for that first goal in the first minute. You don't do that, and you he 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 scores that goal. It's an easy win for Arsenal. It's like four one or something at that point. So maybe you're not in panic mode, and maybe you believe more in terms of uh, what they're doing. But the results are what they are, and even with the games that they won weren't too impressive but they got the results you know and the result is the big thing at the end of the day which means maybe we should look at Tottenham as well because we haven't uh, spoke about them but Posta Koglu Posta Koglu doing a great job Madison of the signing midfield signings we're talking about it um, your habits your Madison as well as um, your Mason Mount he looks like the best of the bunch Mm. which is something we've suspected um, in terms of what we've seen from those players over over the seasons so if there was a standout performer Chuck if Arsenal like in these first 10 games looked like the Arsenal of the first 10 games like last season then you're like man you're looking vulnerable because the other team that you're looking at that you mentioned as well is Liverpool because they'd been the ones who are challenging City the the seasons before last but this season there's a lot of turnover in terms of personnel that has happened over there and Still finding their feet. Yes, they got the win, but you still are not very convinced in terms of that they're going to go on to challenge for the league. So there are problems everywhere, including Manchester City, but I think their problems are easier mitigated than what I'm seeing. Hmm. Or rather, what I don't know about the other teams. More open for the fact that City aren't, at this moment, aren't looking as strong as they have. But the challenge also is not looking particularly impressive, so not so much on on that front. Okay, lastly, I want to ask you this question because I think certain teams might might have an excuse at the end of the campaign. 
But here's what I'm going to bring to you. So a couple of weeks back, uh, before the start of the season, Trent said they're looking to challenge for the league, and they're not afraid to say that. They are looking to challenge for the league, meaning if they don't win it or if they don't push or run wherever the champions are close, they would have failed. A question was asked about Gary Neville. What's a fair season for United? And he says finishing third with the trophy. And Carragher is always the, the, the opposition. It's like, that's what you did last season. You can't tell me what, that's what you're looking to do this season again. And with the money that they've spent again, I'm, I'm thinking you guys should challenge because you spent tons of money. You have, you've, have a, you've had a season in. Now we know something. Been to another final. So why aren't you going to challenge for the league? Chelsea, I'm going to have last season. They've spent money trying to fix their problems and money at some point must be a fruition there must be a return on investment um i think that's 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 team number three four maybe we can add a new cost as outsiders i don't know if we could say they don't have an excuse but who do you think actually has to challenge whether they do it or not who do you think has to challenge because end of the day we can't say we're still building because pep 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 so at some point either we must say we suck because pep is that infi- uh, so much uh, superior than us or we must challenge it's Arsenal, Manchester United. Yeah, them too. It's Arsenal, Manchester United. One, because Arsenal have that monkey on their back that, again, you mm. choked away a, 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 a league title where you led for more than anyone has ever led without winning the title. So there's that. And the fact that then you added a, a rise for 100 million mm. into your midfield and you've upgraded. Okay, Timber's gone down with injury. You know, that was one of... And having then seen how Arsenal are playing, I, I realized, because I was wondering, man, if you're going to go and spend that amount of money on Timber, where is he going to play? Because that back four is pretty established, you know. And then you see the formation that uh, Arteta comes out with early in the season, and you realize that Timber was actually going to be playing a significant role in that team, considering what Arteta wants to do tactically, you know. But Can I, that, inter- can I interrupt you there? Because... Arteta wanted Martinez last season, and now this season's gone for Timber because that's who's available. Do you think that's like a, a dynamic change of system? Because obviously Martinez is not Timber. Do you, do you think he's changed his approach from what he wanted to do last season? If he had gotten Martinez, so Martinez would would likely have played as the left back, um, and he would have inverted into the midfield. So he would have played like he did last season. I do think this season... Uh, at the end of last season, and well, his assessment of the team, I believe, is the, and he's he's spoken about as much that the reason that he's gone with these uh, new tactics is because teams figure you out. They know what you want to do and how you want to play. And if you just continue doing the same thing, you're not progressing. So you have to progress. And his response to that is to have this tactical revolution in, in, in his team, which is why then he goes for Timber. Uh, he's for this moment it's 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 an interesting thing for me chuck with with ateta because he really has free reign at arsenal but in my opinion that also should mean that the bar should be very high because we are entrusting you to do whatever it is that you want to do because in preseason he did not play with these tactics and then you show up in the first match day and gabriel's not playing and you think maybe it's for the opposition but then in the, sec- in the second game as well, and the third game as well, and even when you have Zinchenko not fit to begin the season, even as Tomiyasu goes down with injury, even as Timba is not available because of injury, even as you sell Kieran Tierney, you know, Keep still, you. we're, you're not going with, with, with um, Gabriel because what he wants to do with his back three is there's one true centre-back, and that's, that's Saliba. 
And then the other centre backs are are players who can advance past that defensive line, go into midfield, and maybe even get to the final third as in, with with those overloads on on in, in the white spaces. And it's radical, man. It's mm. it's a very radical, and it leaves you open at the back. Um, as I'm saying, I see why Timber was bought because Timber was going to play one of those two, and he can play on either side, uh, either as the left centre back or the right centre back. Thomas Partey is not natural in that position, but he has to go with him because Timber's not playing. I do believe Timber would have been playing in that in in in, in that position, but the, he insists on Partey even now and. Partey doesn't look very comfortable. Uh, he does not look tactically aware enough to know when he should be at right back, when he should be inverting into midfield. So it's it's the coach's mind that is that that you see on that on that pitch when you see Arsenal. So they will go as far as 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 as, as he wants them, obviously. But because they were so good playing that the way that they did, and he's deciding to implement change. They have to be better than that because that's his reasoning, right? Mm. So they have to be better than that. And also they have to be better because they've added pieces, a, a very significant piece in Declan Rice. So they, number one, it's them and Manchester United as well because I do agree with Carragher, you know, mm. that you were, at some point in the season, United, they get two wins. They were two points mm. of the top of the of, of, it was of, Palace of, of, of the Palace and if Arsenal Arsenal, yeah. yes. So... With that, went away, obviously, towards the end of the season. But as well, there was the Carabao Cup win and there was the performance against Barcelona. You know, So you're like, okay, there's a team here already. Mm. And then you do add, you decide to buy Mason Mount. You have that money, okay, maybe uh, the Glazers haven't made a lot of money available, but what they did make available, you decide to go with Mason Mount. You know, you still haven't addressed another DM. But with that being the case, and then you you spent on a striker who is we hear still needs to develop. But you decided to go in that route. Fair enough. You're planning for the long term future. Mm. But now as well, um, I, I I don't think you can look at Manchester United and say no. Well, as 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 long as Hoyland needs another three seasons, maybe we can look at United in three seasons. I think them them too, uh, because the history is because of what they did last season because they have spent money um and then chelsea as well mm. as you say because ugh, just the money mm. really. yes chemistry maybe they they have that excuse that how are they going to gel still but that's a lot of money yeah. <laughs> you know for me the main two is arsenal and manchester united already because of where they come from into the season and then chelsea would be third behind them no i absolutely agree with you because most of united they won the Carabao, got to the FA Cup final, and then they threw away Europe to the perennial winners, which is Sevilla. But if they convert those three, you can argue that they've had a better season than e e e e City because you've taken the FA Cup away from them. And then maybe if Arsenal do their job, City only have the Champions League, and you can say that they had a better season. But because those teams came so close, they have to take a step up, as you're saying, as you're saying because one, the managers have had, better, have had more time. The new signings have had more time. It's, more, it's a season more. And they've spent money coming into the season as well. So I think they have it, uh, they have it not easy, but they, 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 they're in a better position than the chasing pack. I think Klopp, for his legacy's sake, man, as far as his battle with Pep, he also needs to push on because he can't just fade away like this. Um, because Matabona plan, and some of it rests with the idea that uh, is, is, is Klopp tactically 
at his limit or his players not getting what he wants because you and I both said that Mo Salah is his best when he's the central point not when he's creating chances for people coming in deep to play but that's, that's still what's happening because now with Darwin Nunes on the end of things winning them and obviously at the end of the game when you're looking to chase anyone is up, anyone's up there and anyone's scoring but generally speaking Mo Salah is not going to get a lot of goals because of how they're set up but I think Klopp has to find a way. Find a way to win as well because you also can't just drop like that, drop dead and stuff. Trent now actually struggling to feel. There were sparks of, of, of hope when you look at the back end of last season. But coming into the season, you're not convinced as well. So I think people need to push. Teams need to push because and I also shower why, why. It's fine if it happens because City are that good. But for instance, my frustration with United, when you look at all the other teams who are arguably challenges for the title who's got an Anthony just trying but not really achieving what he's trying to do you know what I mean and that's frustrating because you have to upgrade Habits. I guess but you, got, you have a Martinelli and a Sack on either side who are performing you know um, Liverpool might have that problem but if you look at City they've got a Grealish on the one wing they've got uh, Bernard on the, other, on the other wing they are creating and they're causing trouble for teams so you, you need to be Ruthless. You need to look for perfection. You have to look for like greater standards. Linda Bewuti, ah, they are two seasons ahead of us because of transfer windows, because paper is a time, and you can't look at that now. Um, because if you if you look at that now, when you've scaled those heights, when else were you ever going to be in a position to then say, Wuti, now we can catch them? When you were on the verge of three finals, United, or on the verge of winning the league, Arsenal, when else will you be best place to catch City? You know. So I think those two, I agree with you, and then Yaya Liverpool, just for Klopp's legacy, because. The question are, questions are going to be good to play for Klopp because yes, that major change, players have left, players have gone, but he has to figure it out. He, he can't flop for two seasons straight. I don't believe that that bodes well for um, Klopp's legacy. But yeah, maybe then we'd add, who do you think would be the last contender? Do you have maybe a Brighton or a Villa sneaking in or do no. you maintain Newcastle? No. I, too far I, 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 think, I think Newcastle... This is top I'm four gonna, now. I don't I'm, know. I'm gonna know about Newcastle when they start playing the Champions League, because had a relatively good performance against City, came away with nothing. Mm. They were one 0 up and had a man advantage against Liverpool. They came away with nothing. So already that might have a domino effect um, mm. on 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 the mentality. But I, because of how well they did last season, and they've been playing well performance wise, they've been playing well mm. without getting the results in those two matches that I mentioned. I and adding that um, Tonali, and I only think Isak is just going to continue becoming better. Mm. So I, 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 I do have them ahead still of an Aston Villa, who they beat five one on the opening day, as well as a Brighton. I, I think at Brighton, they give you enough chances. They will. Guess, they, yeah. Doesn't matter who they play against. Um, big team, small team, a team that wants to dominate possession, a team that is happy to sit back and play uh, on the counter. That game against West Ham, West Ham had, what, 17 complete passes to score two goals because they are so open. You, you can get, get at their defense and be in front of the keeper within three passes mm. every single time you turn it over. You know, Most times, they'll win, and they'll win convincingly as well. But it's such an uber-attacking style that it leaves them very vulnerable to any, any counters. So I'd, I'd, I'd probably... I'd probably have Newcastle um, ahead of them. But it's a great thing about the EPL having money that you've got all these good to great players across a, a bunch of different teams. And then you've got like a Deserby who you think eventually is going to be a Champions League coach, you yeah. know, but there he is with his tactics and everything that he does coaching at Brighton. So 
it should be a good season. I, I, I do hope that those teams that I mentioned, especially Arsenal and Manchester United, do find a groove um, mm. where we can establish this is their blueprint and this is what they're going to do. And what they're going to do is going to put teams on the back foot for the, for the most part. So those two, no excuses for me. Um, mm. Then Chelsea, just behind, just behind. Uh, also, really minimal excuses. Maybe for them, and then then I'm then I'm looking at in Newcastle again. Spurs, let's let's not because they've as got a, they've got no Europe. Like let's let's Spurs, let's not Spurs count can them be, out. Can be dangerous as well, but my 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 concern is that thing. I would say I who's scoring the goals? Yes, Madison came up and scored the goals, but I worry the system is good as you said. Um, they create chances, but unless they they're firmly because they for me they they are fighting to not. Would it, wouldn't the it Harry be something if Spurs won a a, a a trophy in the season that? Kane leaves. It would be. It would be. It would be great, I guess, for them. That's because Begawain's are looking at Kane, but not giving them trophies. And But you can't blame him because he's been doing a lot for the team. But it would be great. It would be great. We'll see. We'll see if he also wins something there at uh, Bayern Munich. All right, Chuck. That was the episode for this particular week. And to the listeners, please do continue listening to us on our online platforms. You can listen to us on Joburg Pulse which is the online radio station of the city of Johannesburg, as well as on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on the social media and connect with us on Twitter and on, okay, on X, my apologies, on X, as well as on Instagram at 2UpfrontPod. I am at J underscore Mzulu on X and on Instagram and Chuck is at Chuck2Up on X. All right, guys, listen to us on those platforms, which is Spotify and on Joburg Pulse, and engage with us on those handles. It was a favorites um, episode. Springboks defeating the All Blacks, giving them the record defeat. Do you think this makes them favorites? Or do you have someone else being the favorites? Do you go with the perennial team that is a powerhouse, the All Blacks? Do you go with Ireland? Do you go with the host, which is France? Who do you think is a favorite going into the Rugby World Cup? And we also spoke about how open the EPL right now is. Do you think Man City as defending champions, still with Haaland, still with um, oh, still with the ability to find a way and get those three points, do you think they're favorites and do you think they go all the way? Or do you think someone else emerges from their shadow and, and, and wins? Jay and I have, have said if anyone's going to push them, it must be United, it must be Arsenal. To a lesser extent, maybe Newcastle. Do you have someone different or do you have City shutting out yet again? This is Chuck and I'm out. Thank you.